podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello there and welcome along to your September edition of the Reds Review Audio Magazine right here on Anfield Index. Uh, it's myself, Andy Wills, alongside the one and only Guy Drinkle or Mr. Producer Guy, as he's known on so many other podcasts. Is is that right? Have I got that right? Yeah, I think this week it's probably back to Pod Hot, to be honest, because I've been on I think I've been on all of them, <laughs> so I can I only I can only apologise at the minute. Well, I never get sick of hearing you anyway, so the only and one. It, and, yeah, I'm just farming <laughs> people towards Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a, a pretty awesome podcast, and if you haven't heard it, it's over on Anfield Index Pro. Uh, there is a free, free trial available, so you can get to listen to it. Um, check it out, the King and AI. Anyway, enough free advertising for gags. Uh, yeah, so guys, me and the um, September edition, as you said. So we're going to be looking back at um, August's results uh, for not just for the first team, also what's been going on with the academy. We've got our awards. Uh, we've got our fantasy football. There's some trivia, and we'll do our predictions a bit later on as well. Um, plenty more besides and all that. But uh, to start off with, guy. Loris Karius has now left Liverpool, uh, gone to Besiktas on a two-year loan. So what do you make of that one? Um, it, it's a weird one. Um, I think there's two ways of looking at it. I think it's really good for the player because I think, as much as I liked him, I think he's obviously been upgraded upon and, and, and replaced to the maximum. Um but there's still that second choice goalkeeper spot to fill and the fact that it's Mignolet who's now came out in the press and, and, and had his um, complaints and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's just a shame. I thought Carries is much, much better than, than, uh, than Mignolet. But at the same time, if you're a buying club, who, who, who do you want to make a deal for in, in terms of a Liverpool goalkeeper? Is it, is it Loris Carrius, who's 25, I think, and had and showed form of a, of a top four goalkeeper? I know Mignolet's shown it in the past, but I think that was a, the purplest of purple patches. Whereas I think Carrius has shown his normal level is probably of a top four calibre. And um, yeah. He's probably a bit more damaged goods, so it's easier to do the deal. Whereas Simon Mignolet is obviously on hundred odd k a week, so if he if he's still demanding a high level of money, <clears throat> not many clubs are going to be willing to do that for Simon Mignolet. And I may be being harsh on him here, but I think if you've got Carrius who's on like pennies in comparison and a better goalkeeper, if you're looking to buy a Liverpool goalkeeper, it's, it's pretty easy to see why Carrius is. Um, Getting a move, I think Besiktas are still in the Champions League. Um, probably are, um, but yeah, it, it's a. I think it's a clever move for Besiktas, and I think it's a good move for Carrius because he'll still play at a high level, and he'll still be in the spotlight if he ever needs to get a move back to the uh, higher levels of Europe, shall we say? Yeah, it's uh, that's it. I mean, obviously, yeah, there's the age difference there. I, I think quality difference 
yeah, I, I do. I, I agree. I think Carrius is a better goalkeeper than Mignolet. Obviously, the, the issue is with Carrius, he does make some mistakes, but I think he's more suited to the style that we play, you know, being on the front foot, higher line, comfortable, get uh, you know, coming out, taking the ball, using his feet a lot more than Mignolet. But I think Mignolet seen as that kind of steady Eddie, you know, he'll give he's not outstanding, but he'll give you decent performances. He's, you know, he's he's a lower to mid table Premier League goalkeeper at, at best. Um, maybe someone you think, oh yeah, kind of ideal as your backup, you know. Mm. But again, as you've mentioned, the wages and the the fact that he wants to be playing first team football, which you know that's understandable, and I think Carius wants to be playing, which is understandable. But obviously, the big issue for Carius at Liverpool is that whole. It's the Champions League final, you know. It, it's yeah, it's it's it is a massive one to try and overcome. And the fact of the matter is that the British media will be all over him for the slightest thing for the foreseeable future. So he probably just needs to rebuild his career elsewhere, sadly, uh, and and to get on and put that be behind him. Uh, and you know what it means for us by the time the window officially closes. Well, whether Mignolet is still here or not, who knows? I mean, it's going to be. Do you, do you think Rabara, as someone who watch, you know, has, has been more a lot more up to date than certainly than me with uh, the the under twenty threes and the academy players? Do you think Rabara is capable of, of being relied upon as an understudy to uh, to Allison if Mignolet was also to leave before the window closed? Um, it's a weird one with goalkeepers because you don't really know till you put them in. But weirdly, um, I think it was the echo. I think it was James Pearce actually. He put out an article saying that Kelleher, um, the young Irish goalkeeper, is now third choice ahead of Gravara, who's obviously the one with the reputation, um, and everything. Um, but for me personally, I've not I've watched it less so in in the in the last eighteen months or so. But I've tried I've tried to fix that this season and. Um, We'll give a proper academy update later on, but in terms of the backup goalkeepers, Grabara's definitely started the season like I thought, like ninety percent of the time I've seen him at this level. He's uh, he's a fantastic talent, and if if we got rid of Minule, how long left in the in the European window? A couple of days, three days. If we get rid of Minule in the next three days, um, I'd be happy to give. Probably Grabara for me personally, but if Klopp's seen something in Kelleher, so be it. It's just that it, Kelleher just looks very, very slight for it. For it. I'm not sure how old he is, but he looks very slight for a goalkeeper, which is, is probably a worry. But it, I think it speaks volumes that I'd rather have two 19 year oldish kids play instead of Minule, because if, if, I'm going to touch wood here, if Allison gets injured, um, we're pretty much buggered either way. <laughs> so I'd rather have someone learning on the job than having someone that we know is not very good. Mm, well, let, let's just, I mean, more than anything, let's just hope that Alisson does not get injured. He stays fit even, all season he and he continues injured, his form. Even if he does get injured, just put him in. doesn't matter. One, hand, <laughs> one leg, no leg. Yeah. Well, from what we've seen of him in the first few games this season, let's hope he just stays fit all the way through and continues his form because uh, he looks a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, and you know what? That's a pretty damn good segue into um, our results then. So, you know, only three games gone. We are top of the league on goal difference as things stand at the end of August. Um, I've got to say, though, Guy, over over the three games, 
Um, results better than performances, but am I being a little picky? Possibly. Um, I think we were excellent against West Ham. Yeah, I agree with. I definitely agree with that one, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Opening day was, was fantastic, but the two games since. Yeah, the two games, the two games since though, I, I think the result obviously been brilliant, and we maybe in previous uh, seasons wouldn't have got those results in them situations, but the performances, I don't know, I just feel like they were, they were a little lacking in different areas, but not defensively. Um, I think Palace, I think Palace, we were quite good. I think we were like, we were lacking in terms of the, the blistering attacking stuff we're used to, aren't we? But Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park is a really tough game, and the fact that, I can't really remember them having a chance. Um, so it, it, speaks, it speaks really well of the defensive resolve, and we did score two goals. I know one of them was when they were pushing literally everyone forward and stuff like that. But we got a good result against Palace without the attack force. Probably putting in six out of tens ish. Um, but I think the Palace game was good for for a good few reasons. The attack's probably the not a worry but disappointing thing on that day. But two 0 win at Selhurst Park. I mean. You'd probably agree with me here, Andy. I wouldn't be surprised if you see any of the top six drop points there. I mean, they've pushed Man City last year when they were breaking history every week. Um, I, I I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. they they certainly it is a tough place to go. They are well set up. They're well organised. They're resolute. They they're they're just a difficult side with yeah. with some good players, and you know, and obviously they've got the the talent and speed there of of uh, Zaha on the counter attack uh, and yeah they will they will trouble sides got a really good but, midfield and a strong center back yeah. there and that's that's the that's mm. what they can build off and Zaha's not everyone's cup of tea but he's definitely a good player it's uh, just fortuitous that uh, Benteke is um, he's not even a tree <laughs> anymore is he he's more of a tree stump <laughs> Yeah, he's um, he's he's pretty awful. Let, let's be fair that we we did them for however much they they paid. Was it twenty eight million or something like that? I mean, they they paid a bit about twenty been, million too much. It could have been two point eight million. I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, we had our eyes poked out with him, and uh, only fair that we should poke somebody else's eyes out in return. Give them some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they paid. Yeah, they they paid decent work for him, boy. I'm I'm just pleased that we've got that game out of the way. We've got the result mm. because, as you said, look, other teams will find it difficult there. I, I, you know, I think some of them will get the the points, but not everyone will. And it, it, the, I don't know. It's, it's just there was something in that performance. So it was just kind of it was nearly, but not quite. Mm. And then the Brighton one, I found even more kind of disappointing in a way. So. I don't know. As all like we we came out firing on all cylinders in the first game of the season, you know. As all like yeah. pre-season had been judged perfectly, and we just hit our peak. But it's almost as all actually we just kind of hit like a wall against Brighton, and now we need to find our we we need to kind of get our second wind and find our season legs and really sort of get into it and get into our rhythm for the mm. for the rest of the season because. It's you know I mean we'll come to predictions but you know there's some massive games coming coming up so hopefully it's um it's the calm before the storm in terms of uh, how our attack is functioning. 
Yeah, absolutely. The attack does need to improve. Um, <laughs> they were brilliant against West Ham, as we said, but the, the Brighton more so than the Palace game, I'd say. It was probably a bit more worrying because Mane probably had one of his worst games in a Liverpool shirt, let's be honest. Bobby still looks like a player in pre-season. I think he's getting better each game, but he definitely looks a step step behind fitness-wise or sharpness-wise. I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing distance number-wise, pressing-wise, all that jazz. But he doesn't look as sharp as the other two have done in patches. And Salah... Salah's still a lethal bloke in front, but obviously there's that off-field stuff happening, so maybe he's a tad distracted. But he's still getting he's still getting decent numbers. So is Vane, but he, he just didn't play that well against... Um, Against Brighton, did he? Um, but I think Brighton, to be fair to them, they put in a brilliant performance considering their their away form is, is absolutely shocking. Um, but mm. I, think, I think that'll probably be one of the tougher home games we've got in in terms of the performance. I mean, Brighton on paper, we should be smashing, especially considering the results last season. But I think Chris Hewton has really learned from his uh, from his Norwich and and Brighton days last year um, how to how to play against us. Because he seemed to he seemed to change the midfield and the defence seemed to be a lot more uh, protected um, than than they did last year last last year. Um, so I think Chris Hewton's learned how to finally deal with uh, with Liverpool. I'm sure he's still got nightmares of uh, Luis Suarez from his Norwich days. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Brighton were stepped up their performance rather than we had a massive drop off. Okay, what about this then? So, we'll go over the three results, and you give me your marks out of ten for team performance, and then we'll look at the you know attack and defensive performance as well. We'll mark them out of ten. So, we beat West Ham four nil opening game of the season. What what would you give that as a, as a team performance that day? I think you got to give it a ten out of ten with context. In uh, first day of the season, you might expect a bit of rustiness. We smash them four nil. I think you got to give them ten out of ten. Yeah, I was I was going to go somewhere between eight and nine, so I'm I'm incredibly harsh. I'm I'm the perfectionist, you see, looking for I'll for that bit posi- more all I'll the time. I'll the positive one in a duo. <laughs> <laughs> so what about defensive performance then? Marks out of ten. Uh, but it's weird because I've just given them ten out of ten, but they didn't have that much to do. So let's knock off a couple points just for argument's sake. Let's say eight out of ten. Yeah, and attacking performance. Uh, oh, say nine out of ten. Yeah. Oh, no, ten out of ten. They scored four goals. I got to. Okay, and Palace obviously beat them two 0 Team performance for that game. Um. Oh God, let's get let's get weird. Let's get point five, seven point five. Ooh, seven point five. Um. So defensive performance in that game. Yeah, Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, it was a. In, this is where we've been more impressive. And attacking performance? Mm, let's say... Six. To balance, yeah, balance the 20. <laughs> yeah. And and the 1-0 win over Brighton then, as a team performance, what would you give that out of 10? Ooh, a bit worse. Let's say six. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to go for a five, actually. Mm, understandable. Uh, we didn't turn up yeah, and uh, so attacking performance out of 10? Oh God! Uh, let's say five. weren't that good? Yeah, we? I was. I was going to go less than that. To be honest, I, I don't think we really functioned too well um, defensively, though. Um, I'll give an eight on that because they, yeah. they posed 
I am more threat than I thought they would, and we dealt with it quite well. I, I'm yeah. very, and I, I will get to players and stuff. But Joe Gomez is uh, coming along nicely, shall we just say? Yeah, exactly. So I, that see for me was all the games have been eights and nines out of ten defensively. I thought that you know as a unit the way we've defended and some of the individuals has been really really good, uh, excellent at times. Whereas our attack has kind of it started well, but then it's kind of dropped off a bit. But um, maybe, like you say, maybe it's just that you know that those first few games you need that you get into your stride and then you start to kick on and get your second wind and really get uh, get going. So yeah, yeah, it's on the whole. Though, I mean, you certainly can't complain. Like you said, you know, results. Maybe you know, maybe some of the performances there there are some things to pick up on, but. You know, three wins from three games, no goals conceded. I mean, it's it's a it's an excellent statistically, it's an excellent start to the season, isn't it? And just what we needed as well, if if we want to be up there, challenging come the end. Absolutely, that that's what the difference was. I know Man City didn't have the best individual defence, but they protected it so well, didn't they? Whereas we've seen in these few games, Brighton had a a couple chances, didn't they? But in the other two, we didn't really see the other two teams get a sniff. And um, people put it down to just Virgil Van Dijk, but I think you can put go back to when when Carrius joined, having that goalkeeper who's not stuck to his line. But pretty much, it, it's helped so much. And Allison's added so much in terms of uh, build up from the back with it with his passing and stuff. That that's just a good few levels above whatever we what we've seen since probably Pepe Reina. To be honest. And um, Ginny Wijnaldum, um, he's obviously not a natural number six because I think he was an attacking midfielder back in 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 one previous life. But it, it, as a six, he's he's impressed the hell out of me. Let's, he's just he looks. I don't want to say natural, but the midfield just looks to flow quite well um, with these three because they all seem to be able. I'm not a big fan of Milner as, as the six, but his in terms of him rotating in with the other. With the other two, he seems to do it quite perfectly. So um, the midfield's just added another level of mm, control, shall we say, it, to our game, and it really helps the defence. But the uh, the new centre back partnership is just it it's so intriguing and it's so good at the minute, and I, I can't wait to see Joe Gomez with a bit more experience. And um, yeah, they've just started it really well, and and the fullbacks are just the fullbacks who pretty much do everything, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Oh, we were talking about all you know individual players there and performances. Let let's let's give out our awards then. We'll we'll do the player of the month award first then. So, I mean, you've mentioned some names there, uh, and there's you know there's there's names I would mention as well. Who who actually won your player of the month award for August? Ooh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Obviously, I, I, I couldn't give it to the attackers because I know. Salah's done some good stuff and so has uh, Mane. But I think with three clean sheets, I'm going to have to give it a defensive player. Oh, I'm going to go Joe Gomez. I'll give it Joe Gomez just to be a bit different. Because Van Dijk was imperious against Crystal Palace. Obviously, 10 out of 10. But I think Joe Gomez was just... He was really good in that game too. And he was a bit better against Brighton. So I'll give it Joe Gomez. I think that's very fair, actually, and I'd be tempted to do the same. In fact, um, I, I was originally thinking about Junior Van Alden because I do think he's had. I thought he had a, and 
Unse- I'd say unspectacular. I, I think he's performed because Naby Keita was so good and we saw, you know, so much of the attacking flair and the dribbling and everything else that uh, that Naby Keita will bring across the season against West Ham. That I think it kind of overshadowed the performance that Gini Van Alden quietly put in alongside him. But I, I think Van Alden's performance was probably more appreciated against Palace and and then against Brighton especially. Uh, just his appreciation of space yeah. and reading the game and what's going on. Um, I think he's played so, so well. But, but yeah, it's, it's got to be... And then you look, obviously, Allison has been so impressive in the goal. Um, other than one scary moment, he's, he's, but you know, the, the little chip over the Brighton play, I mean, that was just ridiculous. He if we, is, if we did a moment, it oh, that. It yeah, that. absolutely, you know, it, it just, it, he, it, yeah, it just brings a, another kind of level of a distribution of confidence, of assurance, and the, and the defense looks more confident and stronger for it, and, and just a little calmer, and obviously Van Dyke, has been marshalling and running that defence, but I've got to go with you. I have to mention all them because I think they've got to be mentioned. I've got to go with you and say Joe Gomez. I just think his performances have been so good and they've really, really impressed me because last season watching him at times play fullback, I worried whether or not he could actually end up transitioning to being a centre-back because we'd always hoped he was going to be this Centre back who can play the ball, who's I quick, he was you know. Be one who's trapped between like being a right back <clears> and a centre back. I thought he would yeah. be one of those who could only play like a back three. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know. It was it, it was just that the reading when whenever the ball was in the air, he seemed to struggle reading it and positioning, mm. and would get caught. And but he seems to have really worked on that. And and obviously having Van Dyke alongside him, who talks people through the game so much and organises the team so well and is so imperious as you mentioned it is helping but Gomez put in a fantastic performance against Brighton so you know what yeah I'm, I'm going to go with Joe Gomez as well after all that um, what about goal of the month what what did you give for this one then Guy well after after reading I'm having a chuckle because <laughs> I know what's coming yeah I've got to give it Daniel Sturridge just because I love the block and it was such a it was such a good moment. Um, him scoring within literally two seconds of coming on, and it was such a crap goal. Um, but that makes me love it even more. The and the dance, that, we saw yeah. the dance again. Yeah, absolutely. The dance, the dance is life. I've missed that dance. And I have, I have. It's, it, I just love the block. I love the block, and hopefully he gets a bit more, a bit more luck this this season with his injuries and stuff. So hopefully, he, hopefully he can build on that. He's not had too many minutes <laughs> since then, but um, yeah, what what a, what a goal! <laughs> what a brilliant goal! Uh, well, I've, I've, it was joyous as well because I think last season we th- we all kind of resigned ourselves to well, that's it. Now he's that's Daniel Sturridge moving on from Liverpool, yeah. and and you thought we'll just never see that. <laughs> we'll never see the wiggly arm dance in a red shirt again. But you know, and here we are. He's doing it again. So it was it. One of them little moments. It was it was nice that I did enjoy that. Um, mine, I'm I'm going to go for something different because there was you know against West Ham there was a couple of goals in there, some nice movement, you know, nice nice build up play, nice goals. But I am going to go for the first goal against Crystal Palace, and I know it was a penalty, but it was 
probably my favourite goal of the month just because of the fume that came from it. You know, people going mad at Salah claiming he dived even though he's clearly tripped. And and if anything else, purely for the fact that it it caused Roy Roy Hodgson to go into meltdown in his uh, interview afterwards with Sky. So my goal of the month, it's um it, it's kind of it'll have to be shared between Salah because he won it, but then Milner for sticking it away. So my goal of the month is that first one v Palace. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. And I, I said before we recorded, I have to bring up Harry the Hornet, who's added on to that fume. Just cause it, it's it's fantastic. And get, imagine getting wound up by a bloke in a hornet costume. <laughs> He's furious, furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me. <clears throat> anyway, folks, look, we've got to go for a quick break, uh, but we'll be back very, very shortly. Still plenty to come with our uh, trivia, fantasy football, our predictions, and right after the break, we're going to be coming back with a uh, catch-up, uh, up uh, an update, should I say, on uh, the Academy and the under-23s. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely, and We've got... Your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? Hello and welcome back to the Reds Review. I'm going to be taking over the hosting chair for this half of the segment. That's what duos do, isn't it, Andy? Got to work together. Yeah, it's what? me and thee, we share. Aye, absolutely, absolutely. It's only fair. But um, we'll we'll crack on with the Academy stuff. I mean, just before we go on to the results, Andy, have you had a chance to watch any of it or any of the highlights? Uh, I will admit I have not. I've kind of relied on um, this segment of the show for you <laughs> to bring me up to date with everything that's happening and then I can hopefully find a bit more time during September to uh, to watch things because I know some of the plays that you mentioned during the month, actually, you've mentioned a few little bits here and there in some of the groups we're involved in, and and it sounds like there's some talent there that's definitely worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a it's been it's been a weird month for the academy on the whole, really. Um, the under twenty threes have had a, a bit of a stuttering start, to be fair, and the the under 18s goddamn <laughs> uh, they love a goal uh, or two um, but yeah well, well I'll crack on I'll just go through some of the some of the results and, and for people wondering um, we I am going to try and do an academy pod with Nathan again so we'll go a bit more in depth on this but this this is just to remind people of the results throughout the month so we'll start with the under 23s um, we kicked off the season with a nil nil draw with Brighton um, 
I watched that game. Uh, do not watch that game. <laughs> um, it was horrendous. Grabara got one of the match, I think, which speaks volumes. Um, then we drew with Tottenham, which was 1-1, and I think Tottenham got sent uh, a player sent off quite early on, and I can't remember what the exact minute it was, but um, yeah, we, we should have won that game comfortably. We just didn't seem to be able to break through uh, a deep block. Um, Bobby Adekanya impressed in that game, but he, he, he struggled for a bit of end product, but he was the he was the only one looking threatening, and he, he's, for a player who's had a mixed end product in his time at Liverpool, he seems to be stepping it up a bit. But Bobby Adekanya still got another level or two to go in, in terms of that regard. But we'll go more into that on the academy pod at a later date. And then Man City, we drew one out. I haven't watched this game, um, admittedly, but Man City's um, academy is obviously famed for an embarrassment of riches because they just hoard young talent similar to Chelsea, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> then they end up going to Girona or uh, the Australian team or whatever. But uh, yeah, a bit of a mixed start for the uh, for the under twenty threes, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the exciting bit. Um, the under eighteens kicked off with a six one win over Sunderland. Apparently, Paul Glatzel's caught the eye in uh, this first month. Uh, fair dues to Sam Maguire who let me know about him before he was even in the under eighteen. So shout out to Sam there. Even ahead of me and Nathan on the uh, academy front nowadays. But unfortunately, we went on to lose uh, 3-1 to uh, Manchester United, which is obviously shit. I think we got someone sent off. I'll, I'll double-check that. Whilst I'm really not the other result. But then we, uh, pre- after that, we went back to a 5-1 win over West Brom. So, yeah, we seem to, to love a goal in the uh, under-18s, but I think we've struggled defensively for the last couple of years. I think Gerard improved it a bit, to be fair, defensively, but... Hopefully we uh, stop shipping the odd goal. But, um, yeah, that, that's been your update. And uh, the under-18s look like the ones to be watching goals-wise. But hopefully the under-23s um, impress a bit more. But a couple of names I picked out there. Grabara's still excellent. Uh, Bobby Adekanya and Paul Glatzel from the under-18s. If you, if you want any ones to watch. So what, what about the style? Are, are we are, are we seeing the, the kind of game that... That the first team employ, you know, the, obviously the the high intensity pressing type football, you know, quick transition counter attacks and everything like that. Uh, are we seeing a similar kind of style trying to be um, implemented at the academy level as well? You know, so that obviously that that route to the first team is is smoother when they're playing similar styles rather than sort of chalk and cheese as you're going through the different uh, levels. Yeah, I think you do see it. It's obviously it's obviously quite a lot more difficult. For some of the young, for, for for the youth coaches to orchestrate it as Klopp does, because take the under twenty threes for example, you've got Camacho training with Klopp, you've got Curtis Jones training with Klopp. So if you've got two sure thing starters um, training away from the group every every day, every week, or whatever, it's hard to be as cohesive. Let's say, but th- there is definitely that um, that pressing and high line, and I think we're even seeing that. A bit more of the four-three-three coming to it a bit more this season, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a, a style there. There's not always the same formation, so I think at, at times, uh, especially last year, we were playing three at the back quite a bit more with the with the uh, youth with the youth teams. But there's definitely a style there, and I think you can see it, especially in the top talents like Curtis Jones, um, Rafa Camacho, as I mentioned. I think the under 18s it's a bit more about playing ability and then an under 23 it's 
about honing your craft and getting you ready for the first team. But yeah, there's definitely there is definitely similar similar similarities. Um, even even now we're playing with more attacking fullbacks because as I mentioned, Rafa Camacho. I think we've got um, Larucci. Uh, I think he's in the under 18s at left back. He was more of a winger slash number 10 when we got him. Adam Lewis, who I'm sure you've heard of, Andy, he caught the eye last season. He was a centre midfielder. Now he's playing left back. So there seems to be. There seems to be that attacking intent from all levels, really. Yeah, it, it, it certainly makes sense to have to have a similar sort of style. At least the the philosophy is is consistent throughout. Yeah. Um, so is that Curtis Jones not as involved uh, academy? So I mean, has he completely been removed from from playing academy football now? Then is it more sort of training with the first team and and probably playing under twenty three football now? Then yeah, he's not he's not under eighteen anymore. He's de- he's, he seems to have locked in that what would you call it, Coutinho role that left wing come inside role um, that he has, he seems to have a good relationship with Adam Lewis at the under 23 level um, where he, he plays left wing but he kind of comes very narrow, then Adam Lewis comes, um, comes out wide, but uh, probably more interestingly um, from a first team point of view Rafa Camacho started at right back um, for the under 23s yeah, who was it against? Was it against Man City? I think it was against Man City. He started at right back, and obviously he was a right winger, number ten, played right wing back. But it, it may indicate that uh, we see Rafa Camacho as a right back from now on. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be catching up with uh, a lot more of the academy and under twenty three football uh, going forward, and and then I'll be more on top of uh, your, your updates each yeah. month. So just listen to the Academy pod. It's a cheap plug. <laughs> yeah, there's that as well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and th- that's our second a second plug of the uh, the podcast for another ske- podcast. I've not even scheduled it yet, and I'm already plugging. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can plug a you can plug a third podcast now because uh, we've got to do our fantasy football stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've just literally recorded the fantasy pod a couple hours ago, <laughs> so do listen to that if you want more in depth stuff. Uh, but um, Andy, how's your team doing? I know you're a bit of a an FPL. What's the word here? You Legend? don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you love to jinx the other team, basically. That's what I used to FPL. Well, I, I'm superstitious, so I don't put Liverpool players in just in case I um I curse them uh, to go out of form or get injured. The only Liverpool player who I ever had was Luis Suarez, just because. He was a machine, and and that was that. Um, so I've got 186 points after four games. Uh, sorry, three games. Is it three or three games? So three I'm games. I'm I'm quite happy with that. I mean, anything above a 50 point average, I think is doing okay. So I, I'm I'm doing all right, but I don't think I'm doing quite as well as yourself. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I've I've done quite well for once this season. Uh, I've got 202 points which in the Contributors League is fourth at the minute, and um, sitting on top of the Contributors League is Tadiwa and Adam Petrucciani. So yeah, congrats to them too. Um, I'm sure they're not annoying me in the, uh, in the fantasy group every year uh, over day, taking the mick. But so no, I'm sitting happy in fourth at the minute in that, turn, in that group. Um, but yeah, happy days for me, over 200. I'm quite happy with that considering I do the podcast, but I'm pretty crap at FBL as, as the usual listeners of that will <laughs> will uh, return to. But in terms of the um, 
the public league, um, a team. Oh God, what a name! What a name for a team. <laughs> the person sitting top of the AI league at the minute has a team called Alison Wonderland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's a good. I like some of the names. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And it's it's by Jackie C. So congratulations for winning yeah. the first month. And I'm I'm kind of mid-table, um, somewhere between respectability and mediocrity. So I'm Everton. I'm I'm in yeah, well Everton. not quite that bad. Uh, more probably around the Leicester side yeah, kind of thing. Right. So who knows? Maybe I come from Leicester. nowhere and win the league. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I I don't mind. I've, I've got to be honest. What I did was I picked my team for the first game of the season, and I haven't changed it one bit. <laughs> And it's just kind of gone all right. So I'll look to make a couple of um, transfers. Uh, any tips in there? Um, who, who's, who's the hot tip to uh, to have in your team then? Oh, God. Um, it's a weird one at the minute because I think De Bruyne got injured and that kind of threw everything um, out the water. But in terms of Liverpool players, I think Robertson's looking brilliant this season. Um, that's probably not much of a tip because I imagine lots of people have him in. But I think Gomez, um, as we give our player of the month to, if, you, if you're looking for a centre-back, um, save yourself a million and get him instead of Van Dijk. And the midfielders, Mark, maybe you can do a team without Salah, maybe that's the tip. But uh, yeah, don't. Uh, Mane is outscoring Salah, which is surprising. But James Milner is the third highest scoring midfielder. Good God, mm. he's got 20 points. He's got more points than Firmino. So that's the, in terms of Liverpool plays on on fantasy, then they, they they're doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, I think us and Man City, they're the teams to have three players of each. Obviously, that's the maximum. But uh, us, Man City, Chelsea, maybe getting there a bit, but not. I probably wouldn't say the three sure things. But yeah, when you're one of the most uh, attractive clubs in FPL, you know you've got a style that's very enjoyable. Uh, wink, wink, Man United. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, let's uh, let's they they don't need to be part of this pod. They're not listening, screw. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's looking very promising. I mean, it just hints at what's happening in real life, and um, yeah, happy days for all Liverpool fans. Oh, oh, one last thing on fantasy, then one last question from me: Is Sadio Mane actually down as a midfielder in uh, in fantasy football? He is so Salah. It's brilliant. Really. Holy moly! So oh, if you're not superstitious like me, yeah. they're, they're, you've, they've got to be picks, surely. Oh, ah, yeah. I think Salah must be the most owned player in the game. Yeah. But that's for the that's for the fantasy pod. But yeah, they're both midfielders. But I think that's probably because if you didn't put like your wingers as midfielders, everyone would just probably have like DMs and stuff in midfield. But yeah, it's. Uh, um, I think it's good because you get midfielders get more points for scoring and stuff which is obviously helpful cool so that is that us all caught yep. up on fantasy football that's all fantasy stuff congratulations to the people top of the league yes may you have a terrible month uh, over the next month Hopefully everybody above. who is above me yeah. I hope you all have terrible months so that I can climb to the top yeah except me <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's time for a bit of trivia I think Andy so do you want to take back the reins on this one Oh yeah, yeah, bit a bit of trivia, folks, because we used to do quizzes and stuff like that. So, uh, and, and uh, everyone kind of be embarrassed when they couldn't answer questions. So, here we go for a bit of uh, trivia. So September, because that's what we're coming into. Uh, first one, Liverpool-related birthday. So first of September, Daniel Sturridge, 
He's going to be 29. So he's turning 29. Who'd have thought it? Daniel Sturridge is almost 30. That's kind of scary. Still young at heart. Yeah. Uh, other end of the spectrum uh, in age-wise, Dominic Solanke turns 21 on the 14th of September. So there you go. There's the birthdays within the squad. A couple of famous birthdays uh, from Liverpool's past, though. Uh, 2nd of September uh, would have been the birthday of the late, great Bill Shankly, uh, the architect of, of Liverpool Football Club. And the 3rd of September is uh, the birthday of Gerard Houllier, former manager who was born in 1947. So there you go. little Them little bit, uh, tidbits of trivia. Uh, also in this month, uh, as in September, uh, Ronnie Whelan, who was on the AI Pro Pod recently with Trev Downey. So yet another uh, plug there for another podcast. We, we're racking them up here. We, we, we are. We, we're going for a record here. I listened to that podcast and it was really, really good. Really enjoyable chat between Trev and uh, Ronnie Whelan. And God, he was a hell of a midfielder. Anyway, Ronnie Whelan um, signed for Liverpool in September of 1979. Um, back in September of 1987, a rampant Reds beat Newcastle 4-1. Uh, that was the return of Peter Baisley back to St. James's Park because uh, he was our record signing at the time. All the focus and attention was on him. Liverpool won 4-1 and it was Stevie Nicol who scored a hat-trick, the most unlikely hat-trick goal scorer. Um, back in 2012, Liverpool beat Norwich 5-2 at Carroll Road, one of many Liverpool uh, Luis Suarez hat-tricks against Norwich. Yeah, one of uh, God knows how many. You lose track, actually. It's rather than of the goal, it's lose track of the hat-tricks uh, for him against them. But And a final bit of uh, trivia. In September of 1981, it saw Ian Rush score the first of his club record, 346 goals. So there you go. So there's your trivia for September. Nice, nice. So I think it's time for the big stuff of the podcast, isn't it, Andy? The predictions. Right. Let's a quick check on August then. So Liverpool West Ham, obviously it finished four nil Liverpool. Uh you predicted three two. I predicted two one. So we both got one point for the correct outcome. Um Liverpool Crystal Palace, this is the uh the, the big one. Uh you predicted two nil I predicted 1-0, and it was, in fact, a 2-0 win. So you get three points for the correct prediction. I get one point for the right outcome. And then the final game was against Brighton, which obviously ended 1-0. You predicted 3-0. I predicted 2-0. So we both get one point for the correct outcomes. So it ends up at the end of the month. The table is you're ahead. You've got five points, and I've got three points. Beautiful, like Liverpool sat top of yeah. the league. So that's where <laughs> that's so that's where we're at at the moment. So looking ahead, then do you do you want to do you want to bring them out and I'll uh... yeah go on then go on then I'll I'll, I'll I'll take the reins back go on then. So we've got Leicester City away. What's your prediction? Ah, uh, you know what. Even though there's no Jamie Vardy, Leicester away it just feels like a bit of a bogey fixture. So I'm going to go for us dropping points for the first time this season. I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, two. 
Oh, tough crowd. Tough crowd. I'm going to go 2-1, Andy, because I think the Vardy factor is obviously huge. And um, I'm just seeing that their right-back, Daniel Amati, I'm just seeing Mane just licking his lips at that. I'm just, I think he got him. So I think I think it'll be a tough game because Leicester, I think they've spent quite well in the summer. And um, they're, they've always been a tough team to beat, so 2-1 for me. Mm. So, next game, the first biggie, the big one. The big one of the season so far is Tottenham Hotspur at Wembley, the Hotspur Arena. No, Wembley. <laughs> um, what do you reckon on this one, Andy? Now, not only is it Spurs away, but it's also first game back after an international break. Oh. And we're notoriously terrible after an international break. Oh, uh, oh, that was the other thing with the Leicester one. It's an early kickoff, and I don't like us with early kickoffs. And Spurs is an early kickoff as well. So you know what? I am going to be really superstitious because when I predict us to lose, we tend to win. So I'm going to say we lose this game two one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I've got to play it safe. We can't we can't screw up it. We put the same score. I think Tottenham. They've not obviously not bought anyone, but the look quite good in the, in the early part of the season so I think it'll be a tough game and the 12.30 factor just, it, it's reminded me how haunting that time is so yeah I'll go 2-1 with them as well Ooh hey, That's the first time we've agreed isn't it? Yeah <laughs> Can't keep with doing that No, I'll just protect my lead though <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's next? Uh, Southampton at home probably the most comfortable game of, this, of the month What are you going for? Yeah, I'm going for 2-0 Liverpool. I'll go 3-0. I'll go 3-0. They look very Mark Hughes-y, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Mark Hughes that's doing that. Yeah, yeah. It tends to be him. Um, and another big game of the uh, of the month um, is Chelsea away. So, obviously cramming in a couple of good old away fixtures for us because the random fixture bot is not a knobhead. Um, but Chelsea away. What are your feelings on this one, Andy? Yeah, the random fixture machine. Yeah, that yeah. always somehow randomly manages to put the Manchester and Merseyside derbies <laughs> on the same weekend. Randomly, completely bad. randomly, not in any way fixed by Sky. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, rant over. You know what? I think we're going to win this. I'm going to go for. Uh, I'll be brave. I'm going to go for a three-one Liverpool. I was going to say the same. But I don't want to be the same. <laughs> Can't be too often. Well, I nearly said 3-2, if that helps. No, I'm going to go 2-1 to us. I think their defence has looked pretty horrendous um, in games. Yeah, it's David Luiz in the back four. Even Rudiger, he looks pretty crap as well. Mm. And then having them two together is just great. And Alonso, he can't defend. But... Um, yeah, I think we suit playing against Chelsea. That's the thing for me. I think Tottenham, they can mix it up a bit more. Whereas Chelsea, I think they're just we're pretty much crook tonight for them. So I'll, I'll stick with two one. Kind of good, I, I suppose that we're we're not um, getting too carried away with uh, the, the early results. Then no, we we're are. winning. We're winning all of them eight 0 I just didn't want to say yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just superstitious. You see, at a time some some games I'm superstitious about. Whenever we play City away, I always predict us to lose, and it, and it's worked a few times that we've won, so... 
I've just got to predict them all to lose then, Andy. That's the way <laughs> I'm just mad. At, I'm just mad with my superstitions sometimes, uh, for some reason. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that's all we wanted to cover, wasn't it, Andy? Unless you've got anything you want to add? Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty much it. We, we've we've got through um, everything. We've got through a lot. Uh, so much happening. Obviously, first month of the season. It's um, it's a it's a cracking start for the first team. Um, I know going forward we will be picking up what uh, the LFC ladies are getting up to. Mm. Uh, hopefully, a uh, good friend of the show, uh, Emma Sanders, might be able to um, lend us a hand with the, some some reports there for us. Uh, I'm going to hopefully get something from from Emma with a bit more info and a bit more insight on the LFC ladies uh, in in forthcoming editions. But uh, yeah, for for August. Um, we, I think we've covered everything and uh, plenty for us to look forward to there in September. Good stuff, good stuff. And before we finish up, Andy, have you got anything you want to plug that we haven't already plugged? <laughs> um, yeah, to, while we're on the subject of plugging uh, other podcasts, I mean, we've picked up about five or six here. I'm going to say the committee podcast as well because I was on that with uh, Alex Balalaro. I can't say his name without trying to sound like a nausea Balalaro. Yeah. And uh, we just just going through players, and uh, I had a blast talking about young players who uh, potentially Liverpool could consider from the the Bundesliga. So please do check that out. Yeah, I recorded that one. It was a very good, very good podcast. Um, but plugs from myself is literally everything on the podcast channel this week. <laughs> um, that is not me over exaggerating. I've been on too many pods, and I can only apologise for that. As I said at the start of the show but um, yeah the two post match fantasy and probably everything else that will come out in the week but yeah uh, thanks for listening everybody and goodbye Podcast Network.